Welcome to the Student Leadership Podcast. My name is Brogan Hume. I'm the student worker at The Belfry in York, and it's great to have you with us today. You're listening to a mini episode, a clip from our interview with Rich Wilson that we want to share widely with anyone who's involved in leading small groups. It's just seven minutes long, and we are so excited to share it with you. For those of you who are new to this podcast, firstly, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Every other week, we interview a missional thinker or leader or pioneer in student ministry, and we get their perspective on the work that we are doing. And if you are a small group leader or student worker, we would love for you to join us regularly. You can subscribe and get all of the content that comes from this podcast delivered directly to you every other Thursday. And if this is useful to you, would you consider sharing it with others you know, maybe small group leaders in your student ministry or other small group leaders who you work with? We would love for Rich Wilson's wisdom, which he kindly shared with us, to serve and bless many small groups across this nation. So please do share it. But here it is, a short clip from my interview with Rich Wilson. This was his advice to me when I asked about how to run great small groups. I think it's starting with some very, very simple frameworks for what, for what the small group is for. Uh, so we, we, we talked about and still talk about, you know, that the cell DNA or the small group DNA is to love God to love one another and to love the lost. And so they, they kind of provide the riverbanks for the small group that we don't stray too far from that. But how do we outwork that? Well, we outwork it through a number of different values. Uh, and so for me, the values uh, are the things that keep small groups on track. And that's why I love starting small. You know, I think so many of the stories of student mission going back centuries are about uh, students who've been ignited with something of the Holy Spirit started small, started in a small group like John Wesley in the Holy Club um, and, and just been faithful with, with what they learned and what God revealed to them and things began to spread and they multiplied. But because that core DNA was simple and straightforward, that's what gets multiplied out. So we we didn't have to work at communicating something to many many small groups we we focused on starting small and trusting that that dna was was good um and 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 the small group um, values are about um keeping christ central so how do we do that when we meet together what sort of focus do we have on christ um every member ministry so every member has a part to play we want to hear everybody contribute, talk. So therefore, how we gather and welcome uh, is important. There's things we share right at the start. In a new small group, you might do more icebreakery things. In a more established small group, actually, you're looking for some depth and some vulnerability. And, you know, many small groups have, have led into prayer and ministry there because people's lives and what they're facing come up there and then. And then we turn to scripture and we go, OK, God, speak to us because we're listening uh, and, 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 and when we read scripture, it demands a response. So what's the response? What's the application? Do we need to repent? Do we need to plan? Do we need to pray? Um, and then not finishing a small group without thinking what impact do we want to have um, through this community to our friends? And, and thinking about uh, evangelism, accountability in evangelism, 
how we can cheer each other on in that. And who is there who might be interested enough, curious enough in this God community that has this life about it, who might want to share in it and come along? And that's how they multiply. And, and small groups get really exciting when there's people who have just become Christians who are on their way to becoming Christians. When they are part of a small group, it's the most dynamic thing. And, and, and they become unmissable meetings. Um, and, and, and if we're looking for an inspiration, if we're looking for an archetype, it's very simply, it's, it's the way Christ did it. You know, I like to think of him as the original student worker with 12 students gathered around him who he journeyed with. And um, boy, did that multiply. It had the right DNA. It had Jesus at the center. He released those disciples to get on and do the work of the ministry. Uh, he gave them leadership responsibility. Uh, and I think as soon as a small group hits double figures, it's time to multiply. And I, I, I believe we can really see a, a much bigger move of God now um, because of how the church is involved in student mission than I would have imagined 20 years ago. You know, we've got hundreds and hundreds of churches who are brilliant at student work. Um, imagine if, they, they, if their target was to double the number of small groups uh, year on year for the next few years. We'd see a massive impact. And it's doable. It's really doable. So there we go. I think some incredible teaching on small groups from Rich Wilson. And for a blog that follows up on all of that stuff, notes down some of the core values and guiding principles of the small groups that Rich just talked about there, head to our website, www.thestudentleadershipblog.com, where there will be a full write-up. And please do make sure you share this with someone you know who is involved in leading small groups or student ministry. Coming up on the podcast next week, we have got Esther Swaffield Bray, who works for International Justice Mission, talking about how to engage students in social justice. This is such a key topic for us as a church in this day and age. You do not want to miss this one. Here's a little bit of what is coming up in two weeks' time. We're in a fortunate time, I think, where, where justice-seeking sort of person is, is cool, for, for want of a better word. It's attractive and it's fashionable. Whatever the motivations may be, I'm not that fussed. As long as we can connect the dots back to, here's Jesus, who is the ultimate ethical example. Here's the ultimate justice-seeker. It's going to be absolutely incredible, so please do make sure that you subscribe. Head to our blog, thestudentleadershipblog.com, and follow us on Twitter at the SL underscore podcast. Production support and indeed the idea for this episode comes from Josh Allen, who volunteers time every week to make this show happen. Josh, thank you so much. The music throughout is by Argo Fox and Vexento. It is licensed under Creative Commons.